0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Here we go.
0: This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. Radio. Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Keep It Magic. It is June the 4th, 2013. I'm Storm Sestavani um this is our summer season of keep it magic of course i'm here with jackie smith and i just want to let everybody know that there's seven episodes left only seven episodes left of season two of keep it magic so you're going to want to hang in there and the cool thing is is that the next two months june and july you're going to kind of get a feeling of what season three is going to be kind of all about, because Jackie and I are going to do a little bit of really cool stuff here through... Uh, The rest of uh, season two That you're going to Really really enjoy And it's going to be Really hard hitting And it's going to be Amazing and you're Going to want to Download it onto your iPods and you know Just listen over and Over and over and Over and over again Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com Which is the sponsor Of this show Also you can reach Jackie off the air And schedule a Consultation with her On coventrycreations.com And just a little bit Of note All of you send me Your email My email box is full Now just because Jackie owns her but a little old business doesn't mean that y'all can't email her, so write her <laughs> ass. <sighs> hey, I thought
3: I was getting away with something.
2: And of course, you know you can reach me at www.stormfestivani.com dot com. That's w dot com. Um, Jackie, how has your two weeks off been?
3: Um, I don't know how to behave right now, to be honest with you. I was like, oh yeah, radio show. Um, how do we do that? It's just like quick. Life happens so fast around here. Yeah. So fast.
2: Yeah, they're saying in the chat room that it just feels like season two just started.
3: Uh, yeah, it does. And well, there's a, a whole, whole stupid thing. The older you get, the faster the time goes. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But um, two weeks off. The, the two weeks off was perfect because you know it's just I'm in. A, I think I'm in a like five week shitstorm cycle. Yeah. So um, I had a couple more of those, but it's okay. It's all good. It's
2: all good. Well, um, kabbalistically, we're in the in the book of Bar now, which is Numbers, um, which has to do with the process. So, oh. um, basically, what you're going to be seeing for the next um, few weeks, um, uh, is a lot of process-oriented stuff. So, all of the things that you need to work on are going to come to the surface. Um and uh then you'll really see them once we move into into um uh divarim or deuteronomy. Um and then you know, you do Teshiva again, so. <laughs> it's all a cyclical process. It's 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 pretty interesting.
3: Well that's you know, my blog today, um, on the Ask Jackie site that I, I put up on Facebook too is um I just kinda did a candle burning diary which mm-hmm. cracked me up. I think I'm gonna do more of those. Just the effects of different candles as I use them. Yeah. And I've been using the uncrossing candle for a while, knowing that I've got a lot of bad habits that I'm breaking um, right now, I'm going into new – so it's interesting that we're in the middle of the process because that's what I'm doing right now, um, clearing the decks on on some bad habits, whether they're personal or business or whatever. And, and it's just funny how um, they'll present themselves. I, I find that when you're ready, these bad habits or fears or whatever – present themselves in new and interesting ways. And and when you're ready for me, you, you can get around them a little bit easier, so. Yeah. But that uncrossing candle has been pretty amazing because it helps you when you're going through something like the process or 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 getting rid of a bad habit or fears or whatever, it helps it come up so you can face it.
1: Mhm.
3: But then sometimes what we do is we like, "Oh my god, that's my fear." And then that's our new identify identity. We self identify with that. Yeah. Saying, well, you know, I I had a spider come down when I was eating my porridge, and so I can never eat porridge. And and you didn't know you had that fear until you go until you look into it. And now you're afraid of spiders too. What the uncrossing candle says does is it helps you then lift away, push away, release. So now you don't have to be afraid of spiders or porridge. So.
2: Yeah, it's pretty uh, uh, It's pretty interesting. Uh, so you took a little trip to Tennessee.
3: I did. Talk to me. Well, I went to the Pagan Unity Festival. Lovely group of people. Oh, just wonderful folks over there. And, and um, you know, I, I have to say I was not mentally prepared for it to be full-on camping as much as it was. I mean, they kept talking about the cabin that we'd be in. And, and when I go cabining, I, I, I make sure that I... Have a real certain experience, a little, a little more posh than the average bear. Yeah. Um, just you know, just it's what I enjoy, and uh, and I was not prepared for a, a little more rough, roughing it than. But I was, you know, I got through just fine. I'm a trooper. It was great. You know, the, the people were wonderful. I met um, two. I was there with Dorothy Morrison, um, our favorite Wicked Witch. Yes. And um, and MR Sellers. Who's um, who, who writes the Rowan Gant mysteries? I met two amazing women there. Um, Byron Ballard, she's the she's the village witch of Asheville, North Carolina. I just love that that's her title.
2: That's fascinating.
3: <laughs> and she's um, she does a lot of folk magic conjure work. And then I met um, oh, Nancy. I'm sorry, Reverend Nancy Clark. And she's in Kentucky, and she runs the uh, a Hoodoo festival out there in September. And both brilliant, amazing women. I just so enjoyed meeting them. It, it, I had a couple of of really stellar moments um, when I was in Tennessee, um, knowing that I was in the right place at the right time with some of the people that I met and some of the people that I helped. So it was it was amazing. Now, what I was concerned about was no one talked during my classes. None. Um, and actually not a lot of laughter either. And <laughs> and you know I go for the I go for the cheek jokes. Yeah. And and it just it feeds me, it keeps me going and I and a couple of times I had to stop going, Okay, hey, you guys breathe in? I want everyone to take a big deep deep breath in and let it out and I made the crazy that I go, "Okay, you're all still alive." And then I and everyone giggled a little and I went on. But what I heard later is that for them this was brand new information. So they were all stuck in this brand new information.
2: It's a good thing you didn't do the sun clock, you would have overwhelmed them.
3: <laughs> I, I you know, we don't want to overwhelm them. And they and these are these are not lightweights. I mean, these are not newbies that I was talking to. It was just I was bringing cuz I did an Akashic record class. Mhm. Which was um, a lot of times when I go to places, I say, "Well, I'm doing a Kashi record class," and they go, "Well, I already have somebody who does that." So I, I okay, um, and I did the Archangel Archangel yeah. Camel Magic class, and that usually um, I have. You, well, we've had this discussion. I have to be careful how many times I use the angelic names. Yeah. And this time I I asked the whole class to be put in a bubble because I was going to say their names a lot, so um, to to hold the experience.
2: Yeah, because you know me. If I hear the full name of Meta, I like slide under the table. I'm scared of shit.
3: I mean, it's crazy. <laughs>
1: right.
3: <laughs> now we we have I have a different relationship with him about that. I've already we've already have an agreement because I I teach this. Um, that I I let him know when I'm going to start teaching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would still only say, Meta. I am not going to bring that, the the whole uh, beams of. Uh, Dodger Stadium down upon me. Hell no. Well,
3: it, it, but like I said, it's it's um, when I'm teaching. Yeah. I, oh, and I here's a really cool thing: is I'm prepping for the class, and I'm on the on the flight, and it was a really, really rough flight. Um, I, I've never I've never experienced a pilot who is heavy on the brakes. Yeah. While flying.
2: Just oh my god.
3: <laughs> so, and I sat down, and I first got in and i sat down and i'm usually pretty good about scoping out um whether there's a baby on the plane and i do a little you know a little little love to the baby to make sure they're all comfortable well the baby on the plane was right behind my seat and the baby on my on the plane was not happy and we had not even taxied oh my god and and uh so i'm sitting there and flipping through my notes Getting ready to to we're getting ready to take off. We're starting to taxi a little, and this baby is not happy at all. So I'm flipping through my angel class notes, and as I'm flipping through it, I call on one of them, and I say, "You know, this has got to be a traumatic experience for this baby. Can you just bring bring her comfort, help her just relax and go to sleep so she doesn't get traumatized over this experience? Because you know, babies get so confined in planes; you you can't go anywhere. Yeah, and that is not their nature." So I had my eyes closed, and we were taxiing, so we hadn't taken off yet. And I thought the stewardess, or the, the whatever, the, the flight attendants were, were walking back and forth because I kept seeing a shadow cross my my path because there's light coming in the window on the other side. Yeah. And then I opened my eyes and I look around, going, "We're taxiing. Why are the why are the flight attendants still walking around? We're about to take off." And I look around and there was nobody there And the guy on the other side of the aisle was, was asleep So I was like, oh Well, apparently you're flying <laughs> with me I'm flying Archangel Airline
2: <laughs> <laughs> And the
3: baby went to sleep
2: Oh, interesting
3: Yep So it was it, And it wasn't It wasn't shut this baby up It was, oh, this has got to be a tough experience For this little pumpkin Yeah, definitely uh, and so it was, yeah. So there were some there were some great experiences going to the Pagan Unity Festival. It's a it's a it's a local festival. It, it's a real family meaning that everyone there is is real connected, and um, it's it was really cool. Cool campgrounds, the cabins everywhere. I wished it hadn't rained as much as it did, but you know, hey, it happens. It's May. What are you gonna do?
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> you can just can get ready for rain. So it was it was lovely. Now you went to Georgia.
2: Yeah, I went to Georgia. I spent a lot of time with the with the Margarita Ferry. Yes, you did We were
3: texting pictures of our drinks
2: Yeah, pictures of our drinks, it was amazing Um, uh, But I had a good time I mean um, uh, You know, I spent some time in the hotel room And I spent some time out And I went on a spa day And um, uh, You know, so it was pretty interesting And, you know, laid out by the pool for a little while And, uh, you know, dealt with um, uh, My sibling Who I'd rather not deal with (laughs)
3: Um,
2: uh, And visited with my niece And and uh, So uh, it was it, it was fun and interesting.
3: Well, um, you love your niece, though. So. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, my niece is. Uh, y- you know, it was worth it to go and see my niece. She'll be here for a month in July, so. Um. Uh, so I will see her then as well. Um. Uh, but you know the I and I, I went on a lot of uh of shopping I did a lot of shopping and my best experience um uh which is going to be interesting because there's a segue into the first thing that we're going to talk about is I went to go get my hair cut now usually here I just have the girl come to my house and cut my hair mm-hmm. and um uh I get a cut really, really short at this particular point. I just don't want to deal with it. And, um, you know, if my hair starts to get long on the sides, I start to get a Jufro, and then it starts curling, and then all this other stuff. (laughs) And I like it kind of straight, so I get a cut, like, really, really short. Um, So I go to this um, salon, Jackie, to get my hair cut. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know if you know about um, Georgia, but where my brother lives is in a a suburb called Lithonia. Um, and um, it's predominantly African-American, which doesn't faze me at all because, you know, most of my friends are black or they're married to blacks and my BFF is black. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so uh, uh, it's it's not that big of a deal. But I was sitting in this chair, Jackie, and, you know, the guy, he tells me, he goes, I have to tell you something before I start cutting your hair. I said, What's that?" He goes,
1: I've never cut white people's hair before. <laughs>
2: I said, do you have a number one and he goes, yeah, I said, use it and just get rid of all of it.
1: It's <laughs> okay, I can do that.
2: You know, so it was uh, it, it, it was pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, I have, um, uh, uh, you, you know, there's certain parts of my hair, Jackie, that's fine, and other parts that's, you know, a little bit thicker. Um, so he said that it was a little bit different, you know, managing it through it. And he goes, going through your hair is like going through butter. He goes, it just goes straight off, you know, he goes. it's amazing, you know, he goes, you know, normally I have to, you know, like get out a hoe and, you know, <laughs> you know, dig up some roots and, you know, so, so he was a h- hilarious. Um, oh, that's cute. You know, so he was kind of funny. I spent a lot of time at this huge Staples that was the size of like a super Walmart.
3: Wow.
2: It was like huge. I spent like two hours in the Staples.
3: I know isn't I love office supplies,
2: yeah, I was just like looking at everything, and you know there wasn't a lot of people in there, so it was pretty good. I did go to one restaurant though that it was like packed, and I had a little bit of an issue there um uh, uh but um you know, I handled it well, and the, the hilarious thing is is you know um I'm talking to to Jackie um off of the air, of course, you know afterwards I'm like, oh my God, we had a two hour traffic jam on the way back, and I was starting to feel a little bit anxious., oh, everybody does that, you know. <laughs>
3: Everybody panics a little in a 2-hour traffic jam. Please. Yeah. You got to pee, print. you got to get out of the car, you're feeling claustrophobic, you want to kill somebody. But more, you know, and and when I got into a real big tra- traffic jam during the days when I smoked, there's been times when I had a cigarette and no way to light it.
2: Oh my god. In a
3: traffic jam and I'm like looking around Sticking my head out the window, see if I can see anyone else smoking. I'm ready to put that sucker in park and run over. Go! Can I have a light?
2: <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious!
3: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's pure torture because my um, you know my light, my the, the lighter in the car wasn't working, and um, and I was working with some notorious lighter thieves.
2: Oh, what well, you know? What I know now with all these people that don't smoke, why the heck do they all have about seventy lighters in their purse?
3: Well, I know why I have lighters in my purse, and it makes sense. Yeah. To have lighters in my purse because I need them for Candles. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but my thought is immediately when they have seventy lighters in their purse, what the hell are you smoking? You know the. uh, know. uh You know, so it is it it is rather fascinating. Um, Jackie, there was an interesting thing this weekend. You know, um, uh, that kind of blew up uh, the other day, um, which is uh, General Mills, who makes the cereal Cheerios. Um, uh, received a bit of backlash um, In the comment section on YouTube um, In which In their new ad It features a white mother A black father And an interracial <gasps> child
3: damn. I know uh, I know I saw that one. Oh my god uh, she's so damn cute Yeah she's I know Ridiculously she was,
2: cute. Yeah ridiculously um, And you know that's what Mariah Carey looked like When she was little
3: <laughs> Oh I'm sure
2: you know, the, uh, you know with that little hair And all this other stuff You know Um, uh, What I find very, very – so I went and I actually looked at the comments. They've been disabled now. But I went and looked at the comments, and I was really, really shocked at the idea that that heavy amount of racism exists in 2013.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, remember, you know, we live in a different – you and I, and and maybe some of our listeners live live in more – city-fied areas or a little more, I don't know, it's just, I've gotten to know that, yes, racism still is alive and well in different parts of the country, and we forget that. We forget that there's people who still ride around with Confederate flags on their cars. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and I can see in some places, you know, there's still... um, pockets of areas in um, in the country mm-hmm. in which that there's you know very very few um, african American people um, and of course you know when you see one it's a little bit shocking you know what I mean but um, uh, and I can understand people's knee-jerk hesitancy in regards to it because you know a, a lot of times people don't know how to approach them and it's a little bit awkward and you know is their culture the same you know you, you know you just think all of these these crazy things in your head and you, you do it really in in regards to, you, you, you know, that there's a, a little bit of an unconscious, I think, kind of, um, uh, you know, regardless of what race you are, okay? When you're dealing with other individuals that may be a little bit different, there's always that kind of low-level hum of how do I act appropriately around this individual. Um, so it's it's there regardless. Um, hey, I
3: tell you what I did the last time. Somebody um, talked to me about the complexities of being in an interracial marriage. They were a little drunk. Yeah. And my husband and I were at an, an event, and they were talking all about that, and they are going, well, you know, I looked at them, and I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, because you're an interracial couple. And I go, what are you talking about? And they go, well, because, you know, your husband's black and you're white. And they go, I'm not white. <laughs> and I just walked away. And it just, just because...
2: It Look, was hilarious. Johnny, your husband is whiter than you are uh,
3: no, no no, there's nobody whiter than me Come on. <laughs> i go i go white Madonna go white.
2: and the queen you know <laughs>
3: yeah i uh I freckle, and then I have big white spots between my freckles, so um anyway, I just my husband looked at me, shook his head, was like, yeah, there you go again. Then again, I I live with a man who doesn't give his name, so yeah, <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> oh yeah, he no no he will be at a social event and he'll introduce himself and or people will introduce themselves to him and they'll go, oh, it's nice to meet you, and then walk away and they're like, well, what's your name? He goes, oh, that's not important.
2: Oh, that that is hilarious. Tommy and I are so similar; it's crazy and scary sometimes. Um, uh, but you know, I was I was looking at this, and General Mills has basically said that they will not pull the commercial at all.
3: Thank you. And goodness. the fact
2: that there's rumors now that they're now going to make a gay Cheerios commercial. Um, well,
3: that would that would be lovely. That would be lovely if they did. Um, gay parents, um, I, a few, you know, like JC Penney's has done some some same sex. Um, Parents, and I, I'm really excited to see that. So,
2: well, it, 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 there's two things that I think that are going on. Is is I think that one is still, you know, showing that in certain sects of the country. For example, they did a poll after this, um, uh, after this commercial airs and stuff like that, and 47 percent of Republicans still think that um, uh, interracial marriage should be illegal. Well,
3: okay. I want to I want to talk about this for a second. Now, first, I want to talk about the comments from this video. Yeah. And we all know about keyboard warriors. Yeah. These are people who look for something salacious just to put up, even if they don't believe it. Yeah. Just to see what kind of what kind of fury they can create. So that's what I saw in some of those comments. Like going, this is some of the stupidest stuff. This is like you're just pulling stuff right out of. Um, you know, bussing situations from the 60s. I mean, this is dumb. And then and then watching that whole thing, and, and even if they really did believe that, it's such a small cross-section who decided to comment.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Um. You know, someone like me is just going to look at it and go, oh, they're so cute, and move on.
2: Yeah. Someone
3: like you is going to go, oh, good for them, and move on. And then and then there's a few haters out there that are going to say stuff, and then the rest of us come and beat them up um, with love. With love, I tell you. Yes. And so I, I just don't think that there's that many people who still feel that way. And then, but this poll and they're saying that 47% of Republicans still think interracial marriage should be illegal. I kind of call maybe it's because I'm I live in Detroit, but I kind of call BS on that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe that because I have people from all over the country that I talk to. Maybe forty-seven percent of the Republicans in the South. Yeah. Uh, because interracial marriage is just so prevalent in everywhere, no matter where you go. I I, it, I always get surprised, like, wow, there's a lot of us around here. And my husband looks at me like I'm nuts when I notice these things. But, um, uh, I you know, it's such a I don't think we need to get all worked up that it's that everybody feels this way. No, it does. It it, it does smack of, of just. The insanity that's still out there. Um, anyway, I just I don't know. Do you, well, do I, I, I agree people? with
2: you a lot in regards to the keyboard warriors. I think that there's a lot of keyboard warriors um, that just you know like to go after anything that they possibly can. You know, mm-hmm. if they see um, uh, anything that they can make a comment on, you know that you know that they whether they believe it or not, that they definitely you know, do their digital smackdown. But. Um, uh, I found I found that percentage r- relatively large, but then Jackie, when you look at it, ten years ago, um, in a national Gallup poll, fifty six percent of Americans felt that gay marriage should never happen. Now, just ten years later, fifty two percent believe that it should so that there is a different thing in regards to um, slow value changes in regards to certain um, elements. And I think that if you do go to, for example, if you were to go to um, uh, certain portions of Texas and do that particular poll, um, you know, you may get something like 80% believe that it shouldn't happen. Um, well, uh,
3: you know, and it's t- pretty interesting. Talking about it is huge. And people stepping up and saying, I don't have a problem with this, is huge. Because how many times have you been um, – we're, we're both strong-minded individuals. Yeah. But how many times has it has it been when someone close to you or even, even someone you admire says, I don't have a problem with this, that you're able to be validated and change your mind. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say something that might be totally controversial. And, you know, I love being that way. I don't think that – we legally have a right to say people cannot get married. Yes. Yeah. I don't I think we have to to change the way we're thinking. Because um how, how who am I to say that these two people whether they're interracial, same sex, opposite sex or there's four of them. Yeah cannot choose to spend the rest of their life together. This is not, I mean, this is not a religious matter because we have a separation of church and state in this country. And we have the right of personal freedoms in this country. As long as these are all consenting adults over the age of 18 and and they can make this choice and they're ma- going into this choice with with eyes open, but really all you can say is that they're over 18. Um that that this is this is a re- Ridiculous argument, and because it's it's all it all it is marriage. I mean, I could. Do you know that I could marry two people? I'm I'm not a licensed minister. I could sign a marriage license anywhere in the country. Make up some number for a minister and put it on there. Yeah. And the only time it's ever looked at legally is if those two people want to get a divorce. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And then, so, what happens is that a marriage certificate going somewhere, um, you take it to a bank. You take it so you can, you don't even take a marriage certificate to a bank, you just say that you're married. Yeah. And so, all that is is a right to let people know that that you have joined your lives together. The only people
2: that really care is the IRS.
3: Right. And then, but then as far as like a polygamous type of marriage, a, a plural marriage, and, you know, listen, I... I Tax
2: dad, all I of them bitches. Husbands. Tax them all if they want to be married. Tax them all. <laughs> right,
3: right, listen, if I can have two husbands, I might rock. Anyway, because um, I'm equality right here. So now, um, the thing is is that, is that, you know who's terrified of that? Social Security. Yeah. Because then it, it's like, like if there's a man, he has two stay-at-home wives, and he, he's paying into Social Security, and then he dies... And his wives get get the get the check. They just have to do two sets of paperwork to split it. But what's the difference between that and then the surviving children? Who would get that social security check? And let's face it, it's not a lot. Yeah. And I know I'm looking at it in a very simplistic way and I know there's other legal ramifications, but really it's rights of survivorship. That's it. I mean, I could I could have a girlfriend. We can decide that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We can be both be on bank accounts. We can um, we can sign for be, be each other's beneficiaries. The, really, the only thing it comes down to is having the legal right to make medical decisions for each other. But you can get around that um, by um, power of attorney, mm-hmm. um, for medical or financial. So. I, I guess the thing is, is that there's so many ways of of getting around all that, and then there's the child, the the, the having children, same-sex partners who have children, and then not being able to both be on, um, both be legal guardians, etc. So there's so there's that kind of stuff. So that makes that much more difficult. But that's it. That's the reason. That's what we're fighting about. This is the stupidest shit ever. Yeah,
2: it is. It really so, is.
3: So this is that's my little rant on this, so what I'm saying is is if you're listening and you have been on the fence about this, go ahead and make it okay because really, what good does it do you to want or not want it because it's not doesn't mean that you have to enter into a same sex marriage or an interracial marriage or any of the you know you don't have to do it, yeah, I mean, I have friends of mine who have been together for twenty seven years and they can't get married. 27 years.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. We have to take a break.
3: Okay.
2: Um, Jackie and I will be back in a flash. We're going to be talking about values on the other side, so don't touch that dial. You're listening to Keep It Magic. And you were just listening to Your new number one song of the week Which is called Get Lucky by Daft Punk And Pharrell Williams Pharrell, yeah, a little bit of Pharrell there I'm
3: grooving on that
2: one. Cruise on over to, I thought you would like that song um, Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com uh, Which is the sponsor, of course, of the show And if you want to visit Jackie and my website um, You can go to www.keepitmagic.com um, Jackie, we decided to do this Whole month on values. And, you know, at first, you know, it's kind of a misnomer because I was so busy in May that, you know, when Jackie and I were talking about it, I was just like, oh, I can do that in one shot. Um, you
3: uh, said you could do it in a half. A yeah, I can do that I in a half. The first show. segment. I can yeah. do it in the first segment. Screw
2: <laughs> it. I can do it now, 19 pages later, you know. <laughs> Um, of what I'm going to be doing. So you'll want to keep watching my website, stormfestivani.com, because I have a lot of really cool stuff that's going to be going up on the website over the period of the month of June, combined with the release of Astro 101.
3: Nice. I'm really excited about that.
2: So um, that's going to be going up on the site as well uh, this month, so you'll want to uh, check that out as well. Jackie, um, what do you think of the word value? What to, it, Immediately, what comes to mind?
3: Um, kind of like your, your code of conduct, your moral structure, um, what's important to you, your ethics, your worth.
2: What if I told you that the word didn't mean any of that?
3: I know. Isn't that interesting?
2: Uh, you know, I, the word that we currently use, values, didn't become moralistic until the 1900s. Um, and it changed into a term that had moralistic underpinnings at that time because of a painting which was called Value Judgment. Um, The painting contained a lot of religious symbolism, um, and the word value eventually morphed into a term that represented social mores and social codes, um, and all of the individualistic stuff kind of fell to the side. And in fact, most people at this particular point I think that there's an epidemic in regards to people not knowing what it is that they really value. Um, Oh, agreed You know, because I think that what you will see when you uh, ask people, you know, what they value That they'll say, oh, you know, I value my family and I value my home and I value my job And I value, you know, my country and I'm patriotic and I value my belief system and all of this other stuff But basically all of that really has to do with more societal particular structures than it does actually the word value Which, interestingly enough, it comes from the Latin word valeri um, which means to be strong and be well, and it's been around since the 1300s.
3: Oh, um, to be, you know what? But but I'm gonna I'm gonna like loop this around a little bit. Sure. So so be to be strong and to be well. So one of the first things that you do in in business, um, when you have a business mentor or, or a consultant, is that they have you look at your business values. Yeah. So. It's all, and when I when I work with folks, whether it's on a business or a personal level, and I have them talk about what it is they value, kind of do a brainstorming of one word things that are their values. It is it, it is the things that make them strong and stable.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: it's the things that bring you strength, that bring you wholeness, that bring that bring you to a place of 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 worthiness. So, if value and worth are pretty much the same thing, so I can I can. Um, I can see the how that word value got moved because look at the w- word worth,
1: mm-hmm.
3: or even the word wealth. It it, yeah. it actually is transitioning into you know wealth of spirit, wealth of this um, wealthy is not just monetary worth is definitely not just monetary, but but it it's so to me value is what is important, what is important to you that helps shape your character, or Or if you go back to its original meaning, what is important for you to have to continue to shape your financial value, financial worth?
2: Well, you know, one of the other interesting things that I found when I was looking up the Larry and then was playing around with the words a little bit more is that the word be well, Mm -hmm. W-E-L-L, when I was looking up the roots of that particular word, it really had nothing to do, Jackie, with physical health.
4: Really it had
2: more to do with joy, happiness, um spontaneity um, uh, general enthusiasm about life um It had nothing to do with um, with uh you know our, our physical health um, so I, I found I found that a little bit curious, and then mm-hmm. you know of course, I know the planet that represents our values. And you know, a lot of people, you know, when I when I will ask them off of the face, you know, what planet, you know, if they know a little bit about astrology, what planet do you think represents our values? Oftentimes what I will get is Saturn. Um, and Saturn has a lot to do with societal values And it has to do with um, uh, Structurized things that we need in our particular life In order to be um, to be able to function in a society You know, it needs rules You know, like we have a value that you don't kill people um, uh, You know, most people But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, unless you're a serial killer Then you may value something else um, sure it's not but, but, but there's not um, There's not uh, it, It's not a per Saturn. It's not a personal planet. It's a solar. It's a social planet. Um, the planet that represents values is Venus. Um, and uh, Plato. Um,
3: those are we talking about those personal values?
2: Personal values. Yes. Okay,
3: so we're we're transitioning into the new meaning of value. Yeah. The more modern meaning. Okay.
2: Plato basically said that it is through what it is that you love that you discover what it is that you value um and i found it pretty interesting because you know i've always stated that i think that the the biggest tool that you can use of revelation is not a deck of tarot cards it's not from crystals it's not a candle it's not the latest book by deepak chopra and it's not even an astrology chart the biggest tool of revelation i think in people's lives is their checkbook Um, And I think that you can open up your particular checkbook and look down and scan down what it is that you're spending your money on to really get a clear idea of what it is that you value. And you know, I had a client years ago, Jackie, and I write about this in my blog post that's going up. That came to me, and she was always going through financial problems. And uh, I would keep looking at her chart and looking at her transits, and it would say, you you know, and I would tell her something. Well, you know, it looks like you know, in X month, that there's going to be some form of a new job opportunity that's going to be coming up for you, and that more money was going to be coming in. And she would be happy, and um, then she would come to me about six months after that, and she would still be in this particular financial chaos. No matter how much money that she made, she would be in financial chaos, and she did not seem to be able to manage her money in any form of of efficient capacity at all. Um, and they, she would get these raises, Jackie, and, you know, she would begin to um, think that she would be able to begin to start paying everything off, and then she would become depressed when she wouldn't. So basically, I picked apart her horoscope. I spent, like, hours picking apart that horoscope to find out what the heck the real issue is. And then I told her this one day. She was sitting in front of me. I said, give me your checkbook. And she said, Okay. So I started looking down the check register, and I said, oh, you know, this is pretty interesting. Um, You know, in one week, it looks like that you spent about $60 at Starbucks. Um, You spent $120 here at the cosmetic store. You spent $340 at um, Macy's, and I guess that's closed, right? And she said, yes. Um, and I was going down this particular list, and I said, well, it looks as though to me that what you value at the moment, more so than financial security, is that you value personal adornment. You value uh, having little pleasures in your life. And I said, and here is the thing, is that there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what it is that you value in your particular life, that there's not anything wrong with that. I said, but at the same time, you can't have you take and eat a chip. Um, so as long as you're going to value these things, don't complain about the particular bills that are uh, flowing out of your house um, and just accept that that's just the way that it's going to be and that you're going to constantly run a little bit into debt until your particular values change in regards to this issue. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that values, like anything else, Jackie, are transient. They change over time. Oh,
3: absolutely, they do, Yeah.
2: And, and what you value in regards to uh, when you start a business may be different than what you value when you're in the business. <laughs> Business for ten years, um, or twenty years, or twenty-five years, or
3: that's hilarious. I was just talking about that, but yeah,
2: um, uh, and you know, things things are definitely going to uh, to change over time. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting because the planet that I think that we are there's two planets in the horoscope that I think that, that we are very disconnected from. One of them is Venus, and the other is Mars. And even though that religious standards um, have kind of shifted significantly in the last 100 years, um, I think that Venus, who was an erotic goddess um, uh, and had to do with a lot with self-pleasure, um, has kind of been shoved into the shadow. And, you know, basically what has evolved, Jackie, is our cultural obsession with accumulating wealth and possessions. Well... Um,
3: Okay, so keep going, because I have some thoughts on that.
2: And, you know, one of the things I think, you know, first of all, we all have a Venus in our chart. So that there is some form of an erotic component. Um, uh, and if you listen to Jackie and, and uh, Dorothy and I did a bunch of shows in February um, uh, of last year um, on Venus. And if you want to go back into it, you can... Go through all of the stuff in regards to the mythology of Venus and things of that nature, which I will do a little, a, a little bit. But um, Jackie, Venus had to do, you know, she was, uh, you know, in her ancient forms, when you go back past the Greek and you go into um, uh, Inanna and you go into Astarte uh, and you go into Hathor and you go into Lakshmi, they were all erotic goddesses um, and uh, they had priestesses and uh these particular priestesses were trained in the erotic arts um uh but eroticism in this particular day and age is grossly misunderstood, and instead of uh, it uh, you know it being you know now we think of eroticism as you know getting off um uh, but you know a temple prostitute. 3,000, 4,000 years ago. There was an actual purpose for her, um, and the sexual engagement was a rite of passage. For masculine development. Now, you know, a feminist will see masculine development and, you know, immediately start freaking out, you know, and uh, start thinking that that means male. No, it does not mean male. There is a side of the female that is masculine development as well. And in order to open up those particular processes, Jackie, um, for a woman or for a man, okay, in order for her to reach her son, um, in order for a man to reach his son, he has to go through certain things, or a certain path, or certain trials, and uh, and things of that nature. And the interesting thing about these these priestesses is that, first of all, she was never forced into anything. She got to choose the dude she wanted to do it with, and she was uh, she refused to be bound by conventional life, and her body was her own, and that she could do anything with it that she liked. Um and I think that there's kind of a disconnect when we look at these particular old images and you know, we immediately wanna shape it into something that's um uh, completely distorted from what it was. And, you know, we turn it into um the Marquis de Sade and a huge orgy. But uh uh, but you know, really, what it is is that by understanding and going through a particular process of experiencing eroticism or sex or beginning to relate to another individual, it is through that other, Jackie, through it is that we love that we begin to be able to identify who it is that we really are. One little other bit that I want to do, and then I'll let you let you go on. Is the Aphrodite in mythology was. According to Grace, who is like the official, you know, record keeper of mythology, um, was golden and gold, okay? The symbol for gold is ruled by the sun. So she was a solar goddess. She wasn't a lunar goddess. And solar means self-development. Lunar means self-protective. Um, so basically, with, with Aphrodite, what it is that you have is that you have the purpose for relationship the purpose for values the purpose for you getting in touch with this particular goddess really has to do more with the activation of that sun and becoming authentic on your own and um i think that that is it is really interesting and i think that when you when you disconnect from venus okay it's not pretty Jackie Um, at all, it's not real pretty Uh, you see it in sex scandals you see it in preachers on rentboy.com. you know um, uh, I think that there is an enormous amount of uh, circumstances that happen um, if you're disconnected from Venus and Venus is not working properly in your horoscope, which Jackie and I will be going into all that next week, so hold on to your horses um, she leads to a loss of self-worth, she leads to a loss of joy and pleasure, and more importantly you lose your self-confidence. And I think that if a lot of people want to get those back, that they need to really get to the particular roots of um, uh, of Venus. Because otherwise, you're looking around for financial security, you're looking around for um, uh, uh, judicial vindication, Um, and vindictive is a powerful Venusian word, Um, obsession with our bodies, looks, and even... A repudiation of anything that the collective uses. Beautiful. So if you see people that are running around, Jackie, and they say, "Oh, you know, I don't, I don't really like to wear makeup, and I don't like to do anything, you know, I don't want to wear any perfume, and you know, my my natural body odor is supposed to be erotic on it. its own." Just thinking you have disconnection from Venus. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say.
3: <laughs> now you said something is that through, through understanding what we love, we find what we value, mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. and and looking at. You know you say that our values is ruled ruled by Venus, and I can absolutely see that because what we find brings us beauty, what we find brings us that that love, whether it's the passion or that that really whatever it doesn't have to be passion, it can be that gentle thing that just makes us feel complete and and that self esteem absolutely that's how that's how we find our values and and you know it that it's easy to get disconnected from that in this society. Because when you look at very puritanical societies and and total repression of all these things, there is a lot of secret perversion. Yes. But just like in um, societies where there is no drinking age, there's very few drinking problems. So whatever becomes taboo... Um, then, then you know, then that other side of the self takes over and wants to um, needs needs to address that. It, it 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 can get completely out of balance.
2: I agree. I mean, if you take a look at it, and it is very very shocking to me when I see it, and I laugh each time. I and I probably write a lot of checks because of my laughing, but. Um, Uh, Jackie, when I see You know, all all of these Particular Republican sex Scandals, if you notice, you know, the Democrats They'll have a sex scandal and it has To do with, uh, you know, somebody having an Orgasm on somebody's dress or Somebody showing their penis on Twitter When the Republicans have their sex scandals It's usually involving somebody of their same Sex. (laughs) It's just amazing To me, you know, the uh, the Level of that, but that is Also disconnection from Venus in many Ways, you know, that they're so disconnected from that level of eroticism, that she's going to come up out of the shadow, and she's she was a goddess of possession. You know, she would throw you into an erotic fury, and the next thing that you know, you're obsessed with some, you know, 19 year old boy, and spending you know five thousand dollars a month at Rampore So,
3: so let's look at you know, why do we need to know what we value? Why do, why are we disconnected from those values, and or or why do we need to be connected to understanding what we value? And I and I just it's really interesting um, going through this exercise at Coventry again over this past six months when we put out our core values for Coventry and and it's not a secret we we talk about it all the time our core values are passionate excellence tenacity open and profitable okay so we we did a big brainstorming section session and we sat on it for a little while and we came back to it and. And, yep, those feel really good. And we have checked in on it a couple of times. Do we still love these core values? And what's interesting is that um, those core values are very different than what it was, say, five years ago. Yeah. Compassion was in there. Um, Team playing. All these different things were in there that, um, unfortunately, what that created and um, spiritual, well, what What those core values created was a very codependent situation,
1: yeah
3: where we had to family oriented so we were stuck in everybody's family drama, we wanted to be compassionate compassionate with everyone here. Well, we decided you know that's that's all fine and good, and we are compassionate people naturally, but what do we value in in how this is? And the decisions that we're making I think if more companies Jackie
2: sat down With their employees And did personal values Rather than company values I think that they would get A bigger picture of what the company Really valued Oh um, absolutely Because here, here is Here is an interesting thing That I found in the Zohar The Zohar states very very clearly That one person can Connect with the divine And it create a certain effect But if you have two people That are in agreement Um, And you connect with the divine It causes a multiplicity of effect Now There is Here is what the Zohar also says Now girl If you go into that deity Or that creator And you're saying That you and this other person Are coming in agreement to create this effect And then that afternoon You're gossiping about her in the work room It ain't going to work
1: Right
2: You know, you have to be in the right relationship with the right person. Um, You know, for example, Jackie, how many times, you, you know, you and I are very, very close. Um, uh, we know each other's business Like everything Okay We're in agreement on the, uh, Being in the, in a relationship Agreement with somebody And agreeing with them A hundred percent Is totally different But our particular goals Of our relationship Are the same When you and I do something Bang it. <laughs> Right You know When we come to agreement And this is what we want to do Bang It happens You know And Jackie will call me all the time You know Oh Storm You know I, I can't light candles up At INAT Can you you know Burn me a sun candle With this and that And, that? and I'm like boom And then she calls me back You know, that night, oh, my God, guess how much I sold. You know, know, but it is two people coming into a particular agreement in regards to the circumstances. I think that the same thing works in regards to values. If you have a bunch of people working for you that have similar values, and if they don't have those same values, that's fine. It doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them bad individuals. There's nothing to repudiate there. They may not be right for your business.
3: Right, exactly, exactly. Everybody gets on the bus. And hopefully and and you all have to be going in the same direction or else you're going nowhere. You're going in circles. And and the thing is with you know, just a, a quick theory on, on employees, is that they're gonna be with you they're gonna be on the same same bus with you for a while as long as it suits everybody's purpose, as long as your values, what you're going for, um, can align. They might not be exactly the same, but they can align. But flipping this, you know, doing this whole value thing with with um the business made me reassess my own personal values.
1: Yes.
3: And what it is, I'm spending time and effort and energy on. So, I realized that my ego, the dark, the 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 unbalanced side of my ego was writing my values. Yeah. It it wanted to be busy. It wanted to be important. It wanted to be um adored even. Yeah. And so saying that's not that's not what I really value. And so when I sat down and looked at it, and going, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not the life I want to lead. It sounded good at the time, but where do I really want to go with this? Mm-hmm. And so when I said, where do I really want to go with this? What do I really want to do? And then I, I understood it and I owned it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what, this is what I value. I, you know, personal balance and, and family and, you know, different things like that. And I looked around and said, this is not the life I live in. Uh,
2: I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, two, two years ago, I remember Jackie calling you almost in tears because my therapist was telling me, um, uh, you know, to, to write out a list of ten things that I particularly value. And you know how difficult that was for me, and the reason being is because what had been pounded into my head from birth until 40 was basically that everybody else's values mattered more than mine did, yep. and, um, and, you know, that I needed to do particular things in order to win their approval, and um, particular things in order, you know, as long as I valued their values, then, um, uh, everything was then okay. everybody was okay, everybody, everything was perfect, everything was happy. And I made a lot of personal decisions based upon my needing that particular approval, even going in particular directions that is not even naturally my own. Um, I went into television um, um, and radio um, originally uh, you know, with a big, huge strike in a company, and that, that was not really something that I really valued. I, didn't, I wanted to be a teacher, Jackie. I didn't want to be a rock star um so it was uh you know and, and having to come to terms with that was very very defeating and then when i was doing all this venus work you know it was in looking at it from this perspective and of course you know when you're ready to see the answer and what the problem is it, it will definitely appear and i was like good god i have venus and libra and all of this time i've been working out of the negative particular side of it and haven't experienced any joy because i haven't been working through the positive side of my venus and libra um you know and now i'm more on the positive side of my venus and libra it really comes Give a damn, but uh, uh, but you know it is uh, you know people you know really need it to get to the particular roots of their values because I think that the key Jackie is when you're looking down that particular value list which I will have one for everybody next week nice. sizes. We're going to do a little bit of which Jackie will have all the material and we will do our own dirty laundry on the air like we always do. Um, uh, you know, We will be able to do the particular test. Um, and then basically what we're going to do is that we're going to go through Venus in each of the signs. And if your Venus is in X sign and it's not aligned with what it is that you personally value at the moment, that may be a good clue to why you're not experiencing joy in your life. We have to take a break real fast. Jackie and I will be back on the other side, and Jackie is going to help us magically start to begin the particular process of getting in touch with your values. So you do not want to touch that dial. This is going to be very important um, uh, because what it's going to do is help to prepare you for next week. So hang in there. We'll be back in a flash. I
5: right decide which medicine to yours and every bottle had your name on the label doctor said you keep me stable so now I'm taking three days to help smile they said I should wait and try for a while so I've been ignoring Small print on the back of my screen. up. Yeah.
2: Welcome back to Keep It Magic everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani. It's five oh six here on the East Coast. That means it's two oh six on the west coast in every single hour. In between, thank you for listening to the last half hour of Keep It Magic. To reach Jackie off the air, of course, go to CoventryCreations.com. To reach me off the air, of course, go to StormSestovani.com. And Jackie and my website together is KeepItMagic.com. So make sure that you run over there and check that out. If you have a problem, regardless what that, of what that problem is in your life, whether it's career, romance, money, finances, even your values, cruise on over to com. We definitely have a candle for that. Um, Jackie, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, rather than us just, you know, blowing our whole wad here on the air right now, um, uh, as we off to. That um, uh, sounds so dirty. You know, okay. I kind of want to do a little magical foreplay. Right. Um, what I want to focus on for the rest of the show, Jackie, is helping to get people malleable um, in regards to um, looking at um, their particular values and beginning to get opened up um, in order to see things in kind of a clear sort of way because we're going to help them next week, of course, with Venus in their signs. And then we're going to do... You know those outside forces that may influence us, called Venus and aspects to other planets. Um, um, Ooh, get deep with yeah, that. We're 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 going to get way deep. Plus, we're going to talk about the second house. So. Um. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. By the way, Jackie and I both have Scorpio on the second house cusp So it's really a, it's a tragedy for us. But um, really,
3: this yeah. is fascinating. How um, much we have in common.
2: Yeah. So uh, so basically, it is uh, going to be really. It's going to be an interesting ride. If you do want to get a copy of your horoscope and you don't have one, in order to follow along with the show, let me just help you out here. Cruise on over to my website. StormSestavani.com. At the top of it, the webpage in the the menu bar, there's going to be a word that says Astrology. Click on Astrology, and then there's a little sub-menu that says free astrology Chart. Click on that, fill out the form. You'll get a copy of your chart printed out. It'll tell you where all the positions of of your planets are, so that'll help you next week once we start doing a lot of the really, really hard work. Next week is going to be very, very difficult. Um, it's going to be transformative. It's going to be awe inspiring, and it's going to knock your socks off. So make sure that you listen to next week's show. Jackie, how do we open up to this?
3: To get malleable to what your
2: to get open up to, are. to what to what people's values are, so that they're able to see things um, in a different way and and possibly be able to clear out some of that collective stuff so that they're starting to look at their values, not their mother's values and their grandmother's values and the president's values and, you know, the values of the planets and, you know, you know what Gaia might value. Right. Um, uh, you know, their own personal real values.
3: And I had a different idea about this um, yesterday, mm-hmm. I, earlier this week. or Well, that was yesterday. And then you and I talked, and I completely changed my game after we talked understanding that values are ruled by Venus who is akin to Aphrodite.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we have an Aphrodite candle. And we have a Lakshmi candle. And both of those are very both of those goddesses are very connected. I didn't realize how connected or how like each other that they are, um, concerning beauty and and wealth and and self pleasuring and um which is interesting because Lakshmi's um one of Lakshmi's um Dharma's is that um it's about desires, wealth, and liberation from the cycle of mm-hmm. birth and death, but that's also considered a liberation from the cycle of of um of uh, monetary needs of physical tangible needs yeah so and it's interesting um she's she also is about righteousness which i it has a completely different meaning than than a lot what of what a lot of us think it means <laughs> we have this very religious sure, four, view yeah. of righteousness but really what it means righteousness means that you're connected to the divine
2: yeah that's what it means in Kabbalah also
3: so um it's very interesting how the, how close those two are connected but but Aphrodite has gotten um Aphrodite and Venus have this That energy has been turned to um, seem very negative, so I'm going to say that And
2: displayed across the cover of Hustler magazine. (laughs) Right.
3: So here's, but Lakshmi has seemed as is very holy still. Yeah. So so I'm what I'm going to do actually, um, what I have set up on my desk right now to to start this process for myself. Again, is in bringing both of them. I think,
2: Jackie, that that one of the just to stop you for just a second. I think that part of the problem is is that collectively, you know, there's not the birth of Lakshmi painting in which it shows
3: mm-hmm. a
2: beautiful woman on an oyster shell floating through the oyster through the ocean, touching her vagina.
3: Well, instead, she is a beautiful woman floating on a lotus blossom, sometimes with one breast shown, sometimes not, mm-hmm. um, with four arms. Yeah. So, when, so she
2: can grab more men. You know, yeah, she's right. saying, you know, she had a hand up than Venus, you know, because Venus could only grab two at a time. You know, Lakshmi could grab four. We need to rethink this. Right.
3: <laughs> so she's she's very, so they're very, so I, I, I'm seeing this as you, as we were talking yesterday and today. Um, I'm seeing that these are two ends of the same energy. Yeah. And, and they weren't two ends of the same energy before they were more enmeshed. But I think we've polarized these two ideas. So I would take the Lakshmi candle and the Aphrodite candle, and and what how I have it set up for myself right now, is on on literally on on either side of a table. And then between the two of them, I I just have an empty space, uh-huh. and I'm going to fill that empty space. I'm going to so I'm bringing it together and um and i and i think at this point I'll bring I'll literally bring those candles together. Mhm. Um and this is an important this is a really important process. I just want to go back to why it's important to understand your own values because when you don't understand your own values, when you're living someone else's or when you're living in the you shoulds, yeah. You can't get any traction in your life. It you can't feel like you have worth, or you're even on your path of destiny, or um, that that you're invested in your own life. And yeah. look, at, it's interesting how those are all financial words. But um,
2: which Venus also rules money, so it's not surprising.
3: Right. And what is our biggest obsession in this country? Money. Money. It's our biggest obsession. So, and then this this word value came from, which we look at our moral code, et cetera, et cetera, came from a place of money. We're a very Calvinist society, which is that, you know, the the more money you have, the more God favors you. Uh-huh. And and that's and that's how how we're seen. So this is gonna. I mean, this is really an important thing for myself because, um, this 20 year journey that I've been on, a plus because I'm continuing it has been a, about healing a lot of my financial issues. Because when I first started when I first started Coventry Creations, I thought I was I was creating a commune. Where we were where where we would all be equal and we would all be equally invested. I paid everybody, including myself, the same amount of money. You know, the whole thing I have these visions and dreams that you do when you're like twenty four years old.
2: Yeah.
3: Um And, and after
2: then, a few minutes after a little too much reefer. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Actually, I was sober at that time. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, but but um, so I had I had that that kind of ideal, and then the values change when you come to learn about human nature, and that not everybody will hold those same values as, yeah. as you. And so and so that's it's gotten kind of skewed for me. It's been um, I've held on to some of I realize some of those ideals are still hanging on in my subconscious or in my in my akashic field. But I still have some of those agreements, so I've been clearing a lot of that up. So I, I just think that this is this is two sides of the same coin, and and it's bringing them together into the balance for yourself. The the Lakshmi and the Aphrodite. Now, if you don't have the Lakshmi and the Aphrodite, I would use, um, I literally would, and I wouldn't go with money. I would go with, um, like the love attraction blessed herbal candle and the love's enchantment blessed herbal candle. Again, two sides of the same coin.
1: Yes. Yeah
3: um going going in that direction because it's really interesting. I thought that this was going to be something about self-esteem when we first when I first thought about this, we we're talking about in April. I thought it was going to be a, on organization and self-esteem and having a vision plan for your life blah blah blah. Mm-mm. This is all about how you accept love. Yes. Yeah. And how you find love. After um, I have an article out in, in Retailing Insights that Patty and I wrote about introverts, extroverts. Yeah. And one of the things we learned when, when we wrote that article is that an introvert finds their center, finds their connection with the divine, connection with the world. They get empowered and reengaged in life when they have downtime, a quiet time to themselves. An extrovert has that same experience when they interact with others. Yeah. So, so that's the same. Like that's so that really kind of can become part of how you create your values. Because one of my values might be community and outreach is is actually a big value of mine. You not so much. Yeah, that's not a big value. Maybe outreach.
2: I'd rather work with people one on one. Yeah.
3: Right. Um. Where Where me, I just love the community. So it's that. It's that letting go. Is that all, all how you connect with with the world, and that's that's what really that's what the true value is, is that how do you connect with the world, and and, and I just that's that's my that's what I came to over the past couple of hours I had to change my plan totally.
2: Yeah, it it is, uh, which always happens when we plan something out, by the way. Uh, You know, what it is that when we originally decide to do something and what it becomes is two totally different things. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, But, you know, I I definitely agree with you. A couple of other things that um, I think that people could do, um, some journaling work.
3: Absolutely.
2: But what I would do before you do that journaling work, I would get yourself in the bathtub and do a nice bubble bath and adorn yourself, put on your best cologne, make yourself all pretty, and then sit down and do your what, what it is that you really value. You're tapping into that particular energy. The other thing that you may want to do is do um, a rose petals bath. A rose is Venus's flower, as is a lily.
3: I would actually, let me back up for a second. Mm-hmm. Because this is the this is my Virgo, which I like to have systems and comparisons and benchmarks.
2: Yeah.
3: Journal before you do all that, and then take that and put it aside and put it in a drawer.
1: Mhm.
3: Then maybe the next day or later on that day, do the whole thing: a nice bubble bath, your favorite cologne, some rose petals. Really bring that beauty and decadence and yeah. self um, self appreciation. Um, and taking care of yourself in there with youring yeah. strips on your teeth, you know the whole thing um, <laughs> then, after you're in that that um, subspace of of pleasure of um just being relaxed, then journal again, yeah and and give yourself a couple of keywords to journal from sometimes people need the keywords to journal from value um. Worth, um, importance, precious, beauty, and journal off of those. Yeah. So, um, yep. Uh,
2: uh-huh. You know, David in the chat room is saying, i an uncrossing bath as a good start to introspective work, clearing all the stuff away before driving into the great abyss of the mind." Um,
3: Sometimes uncrossing work is a little too much. Um, I love the idea, and I do a lot yeah. of uncrossing work. I, I started the show talking about it. On this, I don't know if I would uncross first. Vibe, take yourself to, the, to a different vibration before you uncross. Sometimes you need to see the prize.
2: I think that Uncrossing, if I was going to do Uncrossing, Jackie, is I would recommend Uncrossing next week after we go through what people, you know, what their current values are combined with what their Venus in their chart says. Because one of the things that I have learned about astrology is astrology doesn't lie, people do. Um, uh, so you know, all, and if you have a great disconnect between what it is that you may value at the moment and where your Venus is in, in, in your chart, mm-hmm. um, you know there may need to be some uncrossing work in regards to correcting that on the on the inner level.
3: Well, okay, so so one of the th- reasons why I think the coverage candles work so well is that it creates a vibration for you to match. Yeah, it's kind of like a road map not just GPS that only tells you where you are in the moment, but a roadmap that says you are here and you need to go over here and here's the quick road to get there. And so you can see it and feel it. And then you can choose whether to go there or not. Yeah. And so sometimes when when you're just doing that, when I am doing a lot of spiritual work, sometimes I have to really back off it to say, where am I going with this? What's my end goal? Because it's easy to get stuck when you're, letting go of a big fat fear but you don't understand to what end you don't understand the shame meaning the 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 shame meaning the disconnection from the divine yeah. the lost the lost potential of being connected to the divine and so until you can see what and, and I I do use this phrase what would it look like if you didn't have this thing hanging on to you. Yeah. And if you can never visualize that, if you can never connect to that, you can never let that go. So, well that's why we they talk they talk about athletes visualize this, visualize, you know, or or people who are losing weight visualize yourself at a different weight. And if you can never visualize yourself at a different weight or winning or whatever, the thing is is you're not going to. Yeah. Um and and that can also be freeing too. And I don't know how. Do we have a good time? I have a few minutes left. Yeah. I realize that for myself over the past something that really hit me when I was in Tennessee. So this is that was a really good trip for myself. I self-identify as a very voluptuous, curvy woman. Mhm. And whenever I start to visualize myself, say, as size ten or twelve, which is can still considered plus size, which freaks me right out, I get panicky. I'm no longer me. Yeah. And so I realized that my entire adult life, I've been, you know, size 16, 18, 20, floating right around those three sizes, my entire adult life. And I love me. Yeah. So it's totally okay for me to be these sizes and not have to um, become someone else's vision of me. So so that's one of my values. I said I value my own personal process and then and then i realized i can never visualize myself there because that's not what what i value what i value is being healthy yes yeah. changed my game all of a sudden i'm i just feel amazing yeah and so that's kind of that whole thing that's that that's that blend between the that aphrodite you know what you should do And and societal judgment that we've disconnected from the, the Venus energy. And then the Lakshmi, which is total acceptance from the divine of beauty and wealth.
1: Yeah.
3: And it's merging them together and finding that place where I'm going, I'm exactly who I need to be.
2: Yeah, and, you know, the uh, the circumstances is that if, you, if your own personal values eventually went to, you know, you would value being a size 10, then that, that would happen. Um, the other thing I think in regards to doing gigantic shifts in regards to um, lifestyle is that what you're also confronted with, Jackie, is that your values at size 10 may be vastly different than what they are at size 20. Yes yeah and that absolutely. is a crisis that is a huge big gigantic crisis because if you're a size ten, um you know, I have a friend, Jackie, that literally went from a size thirty to a size six
3: uh-huh. at wow. the
2: moment that she ended up at a size six, she ended up divorced, mhm. You know, her husband couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it because she had 75 guys after her. Uh, You know, it was a a very, very different thing. And at that moment, her values shifted. Her values um, had to do with something other than what they had been for the past, you know, 30 years. Um, uh, uh, But it it is a huge change, and it is – oftentimes it is when people's values shift and there's a crisis in values. I think that that's oftentimes why people gain all the weight back.
3: Yeah. I, I agree with you 100% because there's that self-identification that happens of, of who who am I, you know I'm I'm you know I'm in my shark I'm I'm in my own shark tank yeah and and I'm important in my own shark tank and so and now I'm just going to go into the vast ocean I'm not going to be in my shark tank anymore and now I'm I'm no longer important so there's there's that aspect of it but there's also um,
2: and Aphrodite has to be admired
3: yeah. But there's also there's also that aspect of of you know and looking at your values and and who, making this big change and in, in who you are if you don't value it um, like your value you said values changing like let's say where I am now yeah I pay attention to what I eat and I I want to make sure I'm not getting too far off the mark of of what's healthy and I certainly feel it when I start eating unhealthy but all these people that are size ten and smaller I'm watching them develop. Huge eating issues. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're allergic to all these foods.
2: Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, the smaller
3: they get, the more allergic they are. The more um, to
2: everything. I mean, you know, pretty soon that the only thing they can eat is cardboard.
3: Right. I can have romaine, wild field greens, and dandelions.
2: And that's it.
3: And that's it. So, so there, there becomes this, this very um, unhealthy relationship with food. On the other end, I'm also watching that that this is a huge part of their identity. Yeah. That um I mean we all worry about how we look, et cetera, And and it's part of that it's part of the Venus. I mean, because we, we want to be admired, we want to look our best, we want to depending on what you know what planet Venus Venus is in for you, but um but or or the opposite, what sign? Yeah. Um but um but there's there's that when you change your identity, then maybe what you value now is the absolute opposite when you work on this big shift. So getting this all in line and going, oh no, I don't, I don't value that, is is going to be freeing for your message. Well, we're running out of time. I gotta stop talking. We have more for next week.
2: Yeah, we have more for next week. So Jackie has some self talking. Uh, <laughs> make sure that you tune in next week for part two of your values. Um, uh, Like I said If you need a copy of your chart Just go to StormSestavani.com At the top bar there's a button that says Astrology Click on that and then there will be another one that says Free Astrology Charge And you get a copy of yours Um, In the meantime, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com If you have a problem in your life Regardless of what that problem is We have a candle for that Um, So make sure that you check that out Jackie and I will be back next week After this week, six shows left of Season 2 of Keep It Magic. Season 3 will be back in September. And in the meantime, Jackie, what do they need to do?
3: They need to get an Aphrodite and a Lakshmi candle and then keep it magic.
2: Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: perfect, other days just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, so it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak!
5: I do, I don't, I will, I won't. It's like I'm drowning in the deep. Well, it's crazy to imagine. Words from my lips as the arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Who can live or die?